Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Well, truly, it is by God's grace that we are here today. I know you may think it's because um, uh, mom said, if you don't go, no Easter meal for you. I mean, moms, may, how many moms pushed people to be here today? Just go ahead and, moms, just go ahead, go ahead and be confident with that. Just, that's okay. I'm not going to call you out on that. Be, okay. How many of you believed, even though your mother didn't say it, she really was put, you needed to be here today? Just go ahead and... A bunch of chickens today. No, I mean, or, or else what it is is that you really, how many of you by a shout of acclamation and an amen are here to really worship Jesus today? Amen. Okay, well, there we go. We got it. Good deal. Well, today is Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was not found in the tomb this morning. The tomb was empty, which means that the grave will be empty. That though cancer comes, though uh, any other illness comes to us and steals and takes life, we will be placed in a grave, but we will not remain there forever. No, there is hope for the resurrection. And I hope today that that is a blessed, blessed news for each and every one of you. Say, now it's not any different. I, I know Jesus came to save me. I know that he came to die uh, on the cross and my sins are forgiven. I know all of that. What's really the impact? What really is the impact of the fact that you're saved for eternity? That for those who believe in Jesus Christ, what is the impact? I mean, are your neighbors aware that you're a Christian? Do your co-workers know that they can come to you at a moment's notice for prayer? Does your extended family turn to you whenever chaos happens in your family's life and they say, hey, could you throw up an extra prayer for me this morning? I got a job interview. I got something else going. You see, truly, the impact of the resurrection is this. It changes lives forever. Or at least it should. It should. The resurrection should actually motivate, change, cajole, convince, motivate, move forward, move on, take a step off. Whatever phrase works for you, the gospel should in and of itself make that kind of impact in your life. Why? Because Jesus lives because he really is alive. God didn't just come in flesh, die, and then we go, well, we hope to see him. No, people saw him. Peter and John run to the tomb. Don't you love it how John always makes it sound so friendly? The one who was younger, smarter, and faster got there before Peter. We picture Peter getting to the tomb. <gasps> <laughs> right? Now, maybe it's because he's bending down. He looks in, sees everything. Uh, you know, John, the beloved disciple, both of them get in, see that the tomb is empty. They leave. They go tell everyone. And Mary, Mary gets to touch him and hear him. Rabboni, teacher. And I hope for you that the resurrection, that this story, that this impact actually makes a difference in your life. But I think the way that it best does it is by understanding that we live in community. If you've been around here for the last six months, I very subtly, through uh, sermon series after sermon series, 
after sermon series, after sermon series, very subtly been introducing something new, new for the church, new for family of Christ, and that is that we live life together. That the calling of a disciple is to do life completely together in everything that we do, in everything that we say, that we play together and we worship together, that we eat together and that we do service projects together, that we help each other out with our homework, if you will, that we do life together. Notice here in this first verse, in verse 19, the disciples were together. You know why I think they were together? I think they were commiserating just a little bit. I know that when families lose a family member, they, they tend to gather around the kitchen table and they begin to share stories. They begin to talk. Oh, you remember the time? Yeah, we're, we were freaking out in the boat and he said, be calm. And it went calm. Yeah, awesome. And then there was the time he was walking on the water. I know, that really killed me. I know. And then there was the time he laid hands on people and they were healed. Remember the demon? Phew, into the pit. Oh, I mean, there was so much going on. And I think they remembered all of those good times. But they were together. And i got to let you know, that's what the body of Christ is all about. It's doing life together so that we can lift one another up and encourage one another. Because there's not many of us that can go an entire week without something happening. Some bit of bad news, a bad report, or a challenge for a family member. We need to do this together. Again, in verses 19 and 21, what we hear is this key phrase. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace. This is what the resurrection brings because now there's no more fear of death. Now there's no fear of, well, I wonder what happens to you when you're placed into the ground. Are you just worm food or do we do anything? No, now there's peace because it says, though this life is over, I know that there is eternal life with Jesus forever. Peace. Peace. In the midst of a world that has a ton of checklists. Peace. In a world where you're waiting for a phone call that you really don't want the results. Peace. That you've got dinner planned, and you're really hoping this dude hurry up and gets a move on so we can all get to dinner kind of peace. Peace is truly where I believe that the resurrection makes the greatest impact into our lives, is that we can sleep at night. I can lay down in peace, the psalmist says, because I know I rest in the hands of my God. Next verse. But ultimately, this peace means that we are being sent. You see, we can't remain as Christians and just say, well, this is just for me. I'm happy to know that I'm saved. I'm happy to know that no matter what, I know where I'll be for eternity. No, Jesus reminds the disciples, I'm sending you. You don't get to stay in this happy place with Jesus. You don't get to come to Easter services and go, oh, wasn't that? I, there was a hymns and contemporary songs and pastor had a tie on and it was all good. No, you get to leave. And I mean that in the best way. You're being sent. 
You're being sent to impact the lives of the people around you and neighbors and coworkers and extended family. And many of you are doing that. I love hearing the emails or the phone calls or the messages that you send to me and say, hey, I just want to let you know there was this God moment at work today. Hey, I just want to let you know, I actually tried what you said. I I was very loving to our neighbor. I picked up their dog's stuff and I took it over to him. And no, oh wait, no, that's not what I said. No, I said, love your neighbor that lets their dog do their stuff. But you get the picture. The gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead means that our lives are changed and transformed and that we are called to live just as Jesus lives, meaning in body, not just in spirit. You know how the difference is is when somebody says, I wish you well over the phone, and yet the difference when they show up at your doorstep as you're leaving and in presence they give you a hug and wave goodbye? That's what we're calling the difference of being incarnational, that we're in flesh, and we are meant to be fleshly with those around us. Next slide. Living incarnationally means living a life that is in faith and guided by the Holy Spirit. To live an incarnational life means that we trust the Holy Spirit to actually guide our steps, that we don't walk by sight, that we get rid of all of those checklists and the things that worry us and keep us up at night. We get rid of those things and we say, God, I'm just going to live how you want me to live. And I'm going to quit going after what business says is awesome. I'm going to quit going after filling up my 401k and this bank account and that bank account. And I'm going to quit going after all these things that the world says are awesome. And instead, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. I'm going to trust that you're going to give us a job and house and home. And and that we're going to have all the health that we can stand. I'm going to trust that. And even in the midst of me suffering with cancer or some other disease, I'm going to trust God that you're going to give me strength for the day. That you're going to bless me and then I'm going to be at peace and then I won't have anything to worry about. Because truly, Father, I find rest in you. But to be guided by the Holy Spirit, now that's another thing. That's being trusting to being able to say, Holy Spirit, I'll let you lead where you want me to go. There's usually a huge barrier to that. It's pride or selfishness, poor steward of time. It's a challenge to trust the Spirit. Next verse. Oh, wait, yeah, so developing new habits and concepts. Before I get on to these verses, I want to challenge you to develop new habits. A new habit from this Easter forward might actually be reading your Bible on a daily basis. You say, where do I start? You know, if I had somebody to walk alongside me and could explain all of these very difficult passages, I could probably get into reading the Bible. You don't even have to open up a Bible. How many of you have a phone that has an app anywhere on it, right? They make an app that will send you a Bible verse every day. There are even apps out there that say, and here's how you translate it. And there's even apps that say, and this is how you put it into action in your life. It's that easy, I know. Or others of you could just simply get out your Bible, dust it off a little bit, open it up, read one verse, pray and go, God, feed me with that bit of your word today. I'm telling you, try it. And new kinds of concepts. Again, concepts uh, that involve 
helping you understand that we are called to live in community, not by ourselves, not shutting the garage door as soon as we drive home, but actually sitting out in the front, acknowledging our neighbors, flagging them down, I don't know, come up with a question and say, hey, uh, what's your name? <laughs> we only lived each, near each other for eight years, but uh, I just kind of want to get to know you, and that's my bad. In our neighborhood, we live kind of on the main through affair. And I was asking uh, one of our neighbors, the other day, I said, have we ever had a block party in this neighborhood? And they were like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We'd have to talk to the HOA. Uh, I was like, oh, great. I have a wonderful relationship with the HOA. <laughs> okay, humble yourself, Dyer. said, you know, we got to get some barriers. We gotta, we're going to set up a block party. We got to let people know this is the house where the pastor parties. Amen. Would you want to live on that string? Right? See? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? New concepts, thinking outside the box that says, I want to be neighborly. I want to be friendly. I want to be engaging and intentional with the relationships with the people that are directly around me. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Verse. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And truly, that's my wish for you today is that you would overflow with hope. The kind of hope that says, we can try something new. I don't have to keep doing things the old way. I'm from James. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why do you not even... Know what, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. The Old Testament reminds us that we are but grass here today and gone tomorrow. We are mist. We're on this earth for a very short amount of time. I asked my parents this week, who are celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary on the 31st, I said, did it go by fast? My dad said, well, not fast enough sometimes. I said, Dad! He said, no, I'm telling you, he goes, 60 years? He goes, don't you remember being at your sister's wedding? My sister was married um, in a dual wedding service with my grandparents who celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. And so it was a dual service, and the pictures are awesome. And, and I just thought, man, that's awesome. I said, who's getting married Thursday? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. No, none of the nephews, none of the nieces. No. We're just going to have a quiet dinner and celebrate. But my guess is my, my parents both believe that it's gone by too fast. I'm telling you, you have a friend that needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Today. Verse Incarnational living means cleaning out the clutter in our lives, especially difficult when good things are taking up our time. And so it takes listening carefully to God as he creates more space in the margins of your life. Friends in Christ, I encourage you to get rid of even the things that are good in order to wait upon the Lord and trust him to do great things in your life and in the lives of those around you. Why? Next slide. Because I think that the peace of the Lord truly only comes when you are walking with him. 
when you are living as Jesus with skin on to the people that are around you. I believe that the reason we don't have peace in our lives is because we are constantly fighting the will of God. You want peace? Go all in. And now may the grace of our God, the love of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's rise, and together, let's confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, as Christians have done Easter morning for hundreds of years. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated as we continue our worship this morning with the gathering of our generous tithes and generous offerings in response to a generous God. <laughs> 